How you living everybody? No putts given. We, this is a fun one. We're on site this week. I was tired of Colorado, tired of the beautiful mountains and all the nice weather. So came out to a Goat Hill out here at Goat Hill Park, Oceanside, California. Ran into Matt Fryer, Howdy. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so we're just going to chat some club fitting stuff. You're going to have questions. You're going to want to know some things. And so you're going to post those comments. You'll find us on the interwebs. Follow us, <laughs> the channels, the things, and, and we'll try to try to help answer some of that stuff. But um, let's start with this, Matt. What do you think of this place? Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. Big fan of the, uh, the stuff you guys do over at My Golf Spy. But uh, Goat Hill, I think, has just shot up to probably the top of my list for places to play golf in the world. It is. Why? Like what? I mean, architecturally, it's not a, you know, a core Crenshaw. It's no. not a, you know, Tom Doak design, blah, blah, blah. It's literally a course, short course. Yeah. Par threes, fours, some fives. Yeah. Built on the side of a hill, not too far from a methadone clinic. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, <laughs> well, I think that the big thing about it is just the vibe, isn't it? I, like for me, I got into golf because I like the game and a lot of like, I have a lot of friendships through golf. And sure. I've got, I think, a couple of friends now that I know from, that I grew up with school, from school with. Mm -hmm. But everyone else I know is from golf. And if I brought them here, everyone would have a great time. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, they're a retired businessman or some of my friends who are still working, other guys who are just getting into the game. You know, you could bring the missus down here and just have a bit of food and drink and everything about it is so chilled and just, yeah. you feel relaxed, like I'm oh, ready to go. I'll just go and play a few holes if I want and yeah. just enjoy a bit of a, a hit around. Yeah. It's just, it's just great. Kind of feels like the way golf should be. Yeah. In, in yeah. a sense, like, you know, I've only been here a handful of times, but so many of the things that I struggle with mm. with some golf you know an elitist mentality of like hey it's not very welcoming kind of a closed shop mentality yeah. um, this is like the antithesis of all that it's much more like hey you want to play golf come on out you want to bring a dog bring your dog you want to bring your kids bring your kids too uh, you want a hot dog great you know it's not 1350 yeah. for a hot dog no. you know no it's, no <laughs> so it's, yeah i think that, that is that is it isn't it basically and i think like you know we're dressed as like mm -hmm. traditional golfers and right. these guys out here you know in right. like sweatpants baggy shirt and but they don't look at you as if to like oh god here's the stiffs right it's like oh yeah right. you're playing golf enjoy it mate have a great day yeah and you know yeah. same on our part it's like oh don't care if he's wearing like flip-flops and doesn't matter. baggy tee doesn't matter he's out here enjoying golf so you know yeah. enjoy it so tell us a little bit what do you do what is your Kind of space Oof. within the industry what don't you do <laughs> yeah Maybe you start with that it's shorter but no a little bit of your background kind of kind of what do you do and then i have some questions about that that i want to know because i think can help some amateur golfers too. yeah um so background really golf's golf's in the family my dad's a, a pga pro back in england he's been coaching for um 41 years now so i've been golf like around golf all my life um, I didn't take it up till late on though. I was only 16 when I actually oh. took it up last year of school, got into it, started enjoying it, going down to the range all the time, playing. And then from there, it was pretty much like any, you know, young lad or girl who takes up the game. I wanted to be a tour pro. So <laughs> sure. yeah, just, I, <laughs> yeah. I got good quickly, you know, cause all I did was just go to the practice ground, go to yeah. the golf course, hit balls nonstop. Um, and just everything, I, everything about my life then was, I need to get, on tour yeah um 
didn't pan out that way. Um, I, I tried to play. As it like, does for so many. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's such a hard sport, and the talent pool's so deep now, and everyone's so good. How good did you get? Like when you were at your best? Yeah, um, as what, an amateur. What did that look like? Yeah, yes. I was. I was plus two as an amateur back in. 2004, three, okay. I think it was. And that was the old system. That was the old system, yeah. The good how would one. that equate to like the U Lake? Because I remember, you know, there are stories. Oof. Oh, Ian Poulter turned pro and he was off a, of, you know, whatever. And it was yeah, he was zero off four. four. Yeah, if he was four, four he'd be zero now. Right. Um, so like, you were probably old money. I would have been like old handicap to new handicap system. I reckon it would have been like plus four. Yeah, probably plus, five. plus four, plus five range yeah. at least. Yeah. And then the guys like Garcia, those boys who were turning prof plus six, they would have been like plus ten in this system. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah, I did that. Didn't didn't pan out. Um I was at the time working at golf clubs, so I worked at a big resort, and that's where I met good friend Rick Shields. Okay. Um and I was an assistant pro, we were doing our PGAs. He went off to a driving range, which I eventually went to work at, okay. but I was um, an assistant pro in the pro shop at the golf course, still trying to play a bit and, and just doing that and doing my training for about six years. And then about 2018, I went to a place called Trafford Centre, Trafford Golf Centre, which is or was the biggest range in Europe. It is okay. like 100 bays, I think it is. Oh, wow. Two tier and just... Can you get pizza there? Can you deliver food? They do everything. Like, Perfect. Yeah, you name it, they've got it. Um, really, really good range, really busy. So I started coaching full-time then, just okay. uh, took the dive. I was I was doing some coaching prior to that at yeah. the golf club, but was, you know, sort of 40 hours in the shop and then trying to do 30 hours coaching mm -hmm. to make a bit of money. And then moved to Trafford, and that's when I sort of started my YouTube career, which is where I'm at today. Yep. Um, and it was basically just a a platform for me to advertise my, my coaching skills and what my lessons were about and what my beliefs were in the golf swing and get myself out there because when I was at Trafford Golf Centre I think I was the sixth or seventh coach there mm -hmm. so even though it was the busiest range in Europe at the time you still had to fight to get people in the door sure so it it, it turned out I was putting out three tips a week on there and it uh, after about a year of that um, before we were we went into COVID, it was that uh, probably seventy percent of my customers were coming off the back of the videos. Okay, you know they were travelling from all around the UK. You know, yeah, guys yeah. from London would come up. That was like a three four hour drive because they'd seen what it was about. I had people flying in from like Australia that were stopping off on a <laughs> you know a right. family holiday, but yeah. they would come and spend two days with me. Okay, so I did that for about two or three years. Uh, we went into lockdown. Came right. out of lockdown. And the, the channel just took off then. Yeah. Obviously, golf was really popular after right. lockdown. Right. So the channel really grew and it was sort of outgrowing revenue-wise what I would do standing there coaching for 50 hours a week, mm -hmm. you know, until 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And I right. wanted a little bit more of life outside of golf with the, yeah. with the family. So started to, I sort of knocked coaching down to like 20 hours a week and doing YouTube okay. stuff. Yeah. Still coaching predominantly because right, the YouTube stuff is still know. meant to inform, right? I mean, there's some yeah. parts of it that are like we today we filmed the uh, the 30 shot yeah. challenge where, you know, it is exactly kind of what it sounds like. You yeah. start on T1, you get 30 shots and or 30 strokes total and you see how far you can make it. I made it to the eighth green. You made it to 9T. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of fun stuff, but yeah. you know, with we the amateurs and... and 
you know, this is something because we don't, we, you know, we deal so much on the equipment side. And mm -hmm. here's a question, right? We get all the time. If I had $500, should I buy equipment, take lessons? I hope you're going to say take lessons. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a blend of both, isn't there? You know, I would argue if you gave someone $500 and they just purely spend it on tech as opposed to someone who went and spent $500 on getting to know their golf swing and, mm -hmm. you know, what works for them, why they hit the shots that, you know, cause all the trouble and heartache right. and go and work on it. They come outside, you know, come out on the other side, sorry, you know, mm -hmm. better off for it. But I think you do, you need gear that's tailored to you definitely. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's think, both. Yeah. With, you know, with working with amateur golfers too, what do you see, you know, like I said, on the equipment side, we see a lot of flaws, right? Mm -hmm. We <clears throat> look in somebody's bag, um, look at what they're playing, and kind of go through and say, okay, God, I could get you in a much better position very yeah. quickly based on our testing, what we know about clubs and equipment. When you look at that from a swing standpoint, what are maybe the top three to five things that amateurs really, really struggle with it? You as a coach, yeah, you know, in three swings, you're like, boom 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 i know okay we're gonna have to fix this that da, da, da. like you can probably diagnose yeah quicker than that person that's hitting balls is probably thinking okay da, da, da. but two three swings you've seen you've seen seen enough stuff. to yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so what are those ones that like jump to the very top of your list yeah so my dad's you know like i said my dad's coach for 41 years and he always sort of drilled it into me that there's three s's you need to be good at golf three s's three s's okay first you need to get your strike Okay. So a lot of amateurs, you know, when you think about it, like the thin shot, the fat shot, the consistency of strikers just isn't there, isn't it? Sure. You know, when you look at a tour pro versus your average weekend right. golfer, right. strike isn't there. So you, you need to get that skill first. And then when we, we sort of back out, well, what do we need to do with you technically to do that? Mm -hmm. A lot of people just have poor basics, poor fundamentals. We I think sometimes, and I think, you know, we're a little bit guilty from the, the social media side of over-inflating actually what a good golf swing is. Mm. And we'll say, you know, you need to do, you know, I, I'm a very simplistic coach. I like simple terms, dumb it down as much as we can. Sure. So it's not, you know, like we need some pronation of the left wrist and you hear all that <laughs> stuff. I'm like, nope, turn the telly off. That's not going to help you. Um, What's you know, pronation? when it's, yeah. when it's, are you actually holding the thing right? You know, getting a good grip. Mm -hmm. Are you actually standing to it correctly? Mm -hmm. And are we, you know, are we aligned correctly? Mm -hmm. Because if, we, if we're not holding it right, if that ball's not in the right place and you're aiming totally off, right. we're already going to have to you're, make some, have to compensate, some compensate all, all the way through. Yeah. Somehow. So for me, like as, as any lesson would always start, it's like, let's, let's see where those things are at. Because if you can get those, you know, a little tweak and just on the right track, all of a sudden mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, like moving your ball position up striking it so much better and it's like something that's so fundamental and yeah. not overwhelming from your brain side of things that you stood over it thinking well my right elbow needs to be here at this point in the swing that i need to do this i so, need 12 degrees of, of you know yeah. tilt and then i yeah. need my hips to be 14 degrees more open than they currently are and blah yeah. blah, blah and not for me that so yeah. yeah i think you know first one is always get those basics right and that you know goes into that that strike side of things yeah. a big one obviously is you know probably 80 percent of the golfing world struggling with a slice you know everything we do is mm -hmm. is a lot of it is that is, the next s no the next okay. s is that, i'll get to that in a second <laughs> okay. yeah keep keep you on your seat for that one um 
you know, so looking at like the sequence of your golf swing, a lot of people start too early from the top. We we're mm -hmm. playing a sport where we've got a, a club and we're trying to put that onto the ball and a lot of people are doing it too quickly, you know, so everything's firing mm -hmm. quick from the top instead of working from the ground up that we do know through you know, um, biomechanics now we need to be working uh -huh. it that way, but everyone's generally a little bit too quick from the top and getting over the top of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's something where I would spend a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. um, I would be fixing slices as we're going through and, and trying to do that. But yeah, those those would be a couple of things that I work on. Just just if I if I had 20 minutes with anyone, it would always be, let's just basics, see where, the, basics, yeah, basics. let's get those right. Because even when you talk to the tour pros, you know, I've been lucky to go out to a lot of events and get friendly with a few of the pros and stuff like that and sure. and some of the coaches as well like Pete Cowan and people like that and you speak to them like what what's he working on and you think it's going to be this big magical <laughs> oh well, he's doing this this and this and he's trying to and you get and they go yeah yeah he's, he's just aligned a little bit wrong and you what what else what what else is it and it, no he's just he's getting his body a bit closed at the minute so now he's having to mm -hmm. back up for that or his, his right hand's got a little bit under it he's getting a bit strong that shut in the face and now he's gonna yeah. do that so yeah basics would be be a big thing but then is when it? when we move into the next s is scoring yeah. scoring who uh, sorry shape sorry shape. shape shape is the second which sort of goes into that slicey round one so is a shape that i like yeah round yeah <laughs> round um, is a shape spherical yeah um <laughs> so like learning to control your your ball flight a lot of times when i spend time with amateurs on the golf course you would watch them out on the range beforehand and they'll hit 30 balls with a 20 yard slice sure and yep. they'll get on the first tee and it's a dog leg right to left and they'll go, I'm going to try and draw this one. <laughs> you go, sorry, what? Like, you, were you on the range with us then? Like, did you right. did you see what you were you doing? You know you so, have no chance of doing yeah, that. So yeah, so I think, you know, and that, that comes from a, a learning when you're out on the golf course. We can go on the range and hit it great. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's no obstacles out there. There's no right. trees to hit it under. Right. There's no water to go around. There's yeah. no... You're there's not no, particularly worried about the result. No, there's no penalty, right. is there? Yeah. Just if you hit it over the fence, just pull another ball in and go again. Right. So learning to control your shape, you know, is a big one. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, like I say, even when you're out of, out of trees, I see so many you know, a poor tee shot turning into a, a really big number because oh, right. I'm going to try and hit this miracle shot instead of... Right. I'll get my wedge out now because I'm going to do that. Well, what shape is this ball coming out like? Is it going high? Is it going low? Yeah. You know, so that's a big skill you've got to learn as well. And yeah. then your third one, like I say, is scoring because we come out here today, like we discussed, you know, yeah. the grass is different than what we have in the UK. Yeah. So how am I going to play this shot? You know, how am I going to flight this one in? How do I put this golf ball into a place down this hole where even if i don't hit it great it's going to be yeah. in a place where i can advance it into my next yeah next spot so yeah if, if it was anything you know get your basics right and then try and work those three s's every time you're out on the golf course and you you should if you can manage all of those you should be able to get around any golf course in sure. the world in a, a, in a an okay and have fun right yeah yeah and yeah be able to not stand there pulling your hair out thinking what is going on? Why is it so cruel? Why me? Why this yeah. game? Why me? I, well, it's funny you bring up to like the, you know, things have changed a lot, right? In instruction with, yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it's YouTube or Instagram stuff or just the whole digital media world has kind of changed the nature of that. And, you know, like as a golfer on the other side, one of my struggles is like, how do I know if that instructor is any good? Mm, yeah, like and I with think, all yeah. the, you know, I mean, there's these top lists of coaches, which, you know, 
so often as a I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, I'll vote for <laughs> no. you. No, it's no. like right, it's it's homecoming court prom stuff all over again. <laughs> and I'm not saying there aren't good instructors. No, on there's, there's yeah, some very good ones. On I do there. not yeah. want to. Yeah. I don't want to disparage any of the names on those lists because a lot of them are very, very, very good yeah. instructors from from what I know, from what I've been mm. told by people uh, uh, as well. So not disparaging that at all, but. From a consumer standpoint, like, how would I know if you're a good coach? Yeah, and I think that's where, like, the YouTube thing came along and why I got so busy so quickly. You know, I had people, my dad, like, is one of the best coaches in England, like, not biased in any stance. Like, he's no, been it's in just your dad. Yeah, he's, today's, he's <laughs> been in today's golfer for 21 years. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you don't do that without being decent. He's Some taught, you sure. know, from, from amateurs to elite pros you know tour players he's taught them all mm -hmm. he's given more lessons than you know me and you have had hot dinners put together <laughs> so he knows his stuff well i've eaten yeah. a lot of yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um you know from that standpoint i had people coming to me for a lesson over him and it was like oh yeah i know like i've seen your dad on the videos and stuff but i want a hmm. lesson off you and i'm like why and it's like well i know what you like Hmm. I, like you speak a language that I know. Uh -huh. I like your style. I like your personality, and I, I think I can get along with you. Mm -hmm. So it would be, you know, from you know your question there. Well, I, we got asked it recently. Um, like, how do I pick an instructor? Yeah, and it'd be that would be my first po point of call. You know, go and look at a, a um, someone online. You know, you, you sure. You know the the place the coaching at you get a little bit of a blurb a profile about them mm -hmm. but then go and you know if they've not got a social profile what do you know that they believe in and what do you know that they teach and mm -hmm. do you know you're going to get on with them and like if you hear it's like oh, there'll be coaches i see like we said a minute ago you know they start talking all this nasa language and i'm like no no like yeah. i'll never go to you for a lesson because you're making this the hardest game in the world even harder mm -hmm. like you want me to have a thought about how many degrees i should be doing this on the way down into impact right. that's not going to work right so right. i think yeah picking someone that you you see online and you can see what they're about is massive because you get a, a feel for it and then word of mouth as well mm -hmm. you know if people would be like oh yeah i've seen matt online i like his stuff and you know then Chris has had a lesson with him. Oh, he was really good, yeah. And you know, yeah, I've yeah. seen my handicap do this, and he he gives me something to work on. Then you go, well, it's all aligning now. I can sure. I can go and try it out. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like I said, I think that's such a challenge for you know we do it on the equipment side, and that's why we test and do the mm. things we do. So to be a place where golfers can go to trust those results, the the instructional spaces is more challenging just because well, a variety of things, right? But it's also on the golfer to put in. The yeah, you yeah, you've me, got, yeah. You could, I mean, you played nine holes, you could probably say, hey, here's a couple of things I think you could work on, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And if I don't go work on those things, well. Yeah, more for you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't kind of. Yeah, you got to line up. And that's what I liked with a lot of my students. I got to the point where we were that busy and the people that I had coming in, I knew, you know, were, were in it for the right reasons and not right. just like, oh, if, and if I sensed there was someone there who was, no, nah, you know, I'll just take a lesson. I'm not going to go and was like, well, mm -hmm. I don't need you here. Yeah. You know, go and, yeah. go and see someone else. Yeah. Um, I want people who are, you know, passionate about the game and want to improve the game and going to go and put the work in. I always tell them it's, you know, like a diet. You don't, you don't have one day on a diet and lose a stone, do you? Nah, you know, it's, trust it's, me. It's, yeah, it's, trust <laughs> me, it doesn't work that way. It does it's not. A, it's a long, drawn-out process, and, you know, sure. I can tell you what you shouldn't be eating and how you should yeah. swing it and what I think is going to help you, but it's on you to go and, you, you know, go and do, do the right the things, work. and, you know, we're, we're in it together in that sense. I thought it was interesting too, just switching gears into kind of more of the equipment side. Like, mm. 
looking through your bag a little bit and we were talking about some equipment stuff um you recently i mean you went to graphite iron shafts and this is this yeah. is an interesting place something we've talked about some internally you know covered as a as a topic is this kind of whole graphite versus steel obviously composites took over on mm -hmm. you know metalwoods drivers etc yeah several decades ago um yeah. you know one of those transitions that nearly everybody switched relatively quickly you know tiger was a, yeah. a holdout but yeah so you switched to graphite iron shafts yeah why because uh, you're a good player you're a fast player you have good yeah. ball speed i can tell all those all I, those things you're not the typical person that i would expect to go Oh, they're playing graphite in their iron. Yeah, yeah. So we've uh, one of the one of the channel partners is Fujikora. So when when we signed with them, it was like, do you want to try them? Um, are you are you interested? And you know, sort of the stuff that we do on our channel, I see myself as the like the PGA pro who's giving advice to everyone. So sure. you know, my clients when I was giving lessons would ask me about the clubs. You know, what what do you think about this yeah. one? So that's that's why we review clubs as well because we've got an insight into them and. I can tell you what's going to work for you, but from the from the graphite iron standpoint, it was like, well, it'd be interesting to switch into them and see, like, actually what what are they like? Because yeah. I can use myself as a case study. I sure. can play this year and see, you know, are they any good? You know, what what repercussions does it have changing into a graphite? Yeah. And do we see that performance drops off? Do I lose distance? Does my dispersion go? Are my spin rates out of whack? And right. We did that, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was, I was hesitant. I think, you know, we did a video recently on our channel about, you know, the history of the golf shaft going from wood to graphite, you know, 120 years wood was in play. Yeah. And then it's and been then seven, steel's been... Yeah, steel was 70 years now, we've had graphite right. in, the, in the woods. Right. And we've still not got there to, to this day on the irons. But you, you look at that sort of getting steel into the irons as opposed to the woods took 120 years. <laughs> And right. you know there was a period, <laughs> right. I think it was of 40 years, where they started coming out. Right. There was ones the Whistler with holes in the shaft. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. And you know that one didn't work. And then, but even people were still mm, reluctant. Very yeah. Right? You know, wood works. Why would we change? And we're humans. We don't like change. Right. So um, I, w I was hesitant myself, thinking, well, I've had steel all this time. You know, I've played the game for 20, I think, eight, 19 years this year. 20 years it is and i've had steel in my eyes then so why and you're pretty pretty damn good player so yeah, it's not like right. you're sitting there going yeah is it okay, gonna make me any better am i gonna how much better am i going yeah. to get with this and so what i guess what have you noticed kind of just throughout yeah, so, this year and like and then i want to ask you about some amateur stuff too kind of where where can it maybe go but yeah what have you noticed in your game individually yeah i think that that was the first biggest hurdle getting that sort of mentality side in check you know like graphite irons can be good you know it's not sure. that they're for slow players who need spin and who need flex you know my irons like we've both got axioms mine are 125 grams x so it's right. pretty much mirrors what i had in steel right so but then you've got obviously the 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 benefit of the velo core in there and i think they've come a long way now haven't they the things that we've seen like you've said about the driver shafts we're now seeing that technology come into the iron mm -hmm. and for me um it did take a little bit of tinkering and i have chopped and changed a little bit it's not been like there we go you've got graphite iron shafts right. in straight away you changed <laughs> right like, job done <laughs> right. We, we tried 105s to start with and they were a little bit too spinny i i had mm -hmm. um 
Dynamic Gold Tour issues before. Sure. Um, 120s, I think they were. Um, had them for the last five years, maybe, something okay. like that. Yeah, so you're uh, used to that, yeah, just that, flight, was it. that trajectory, that mm. kind of feel. Yeah. So tried 105s, ended up on the 125 because that gave me the right spin rate. I've, I've gained distance, I would say, purely because I feel like my strikes got better. Mm. Um, so my ball speed's gone up ever so slightly. Mm -hmm. um, and then dispersion-wise, it's got better. Everything's got tighter. Um, I think from the, the use of having like the shot scope and stuff, having data. Yeah, having the data sense, to track it. Yeah. I was going to say, I noticed you have the shot scope yeah. watch and you got the shot scope on your clubs. Have you yeah. been able to track that? Yeah, so we've see? been tracking that all um, all all year through okay. um, to see to see where we're at and I've, I've been able to measure where I was with steel where I was yeah. with graphite so yeah um, the irons took that little bit and to get the spin right and then since then they've, they've felt better the flight I'm able to get everything I've got from steel um, the wedges were interesting because <laughs> I, I was someone like I've not been a yeah. A player who generates loads of spin i don't hit down on it loads i'm quite shallow with everything so you would mm -hmm. never get loads and loads of spin yeah um some wedges like round the greens with a 60 you would you know if you got ball forwards and you're sliding right. it a bit but the the pitches from 50 to 100 i would never be someone who's like one in bounce and stop it be mm -hmm. a little bit of release with everything so i went 105 thinking that Maybe that'll help. generate yeah, a little more spin. But they were a little bit too soft in the tip, so there was a bit too much play and I was a little bit too inconsistent. Uh -huh. As where we went to one, two, fives now and wedge game, like I'm probably wedging it the best I ever have. Huh. Um, just because again, I can feel where the club is throughout. I'm getting that little bit more spin. So it took you spin. a while to get that, that yeah. dialed in. And, yeah, you know, and fitting process was like key to it. It so wasn't how like, far, <laughs> there we go. So how far, like, it's interesting bring that right like it doesn't change overnight these things can take a period of you know years and obviously decades to shift into a new technology like how far are we if you had a pick like how far are we from being composites throughout the bag where steel becomes like wood so if let's assume that composites are the future i'm gonna just throw it out there steel future is going vision. to Steel's going to go away. It's an archaic material from a technology standpoint. We already know composites can do so much more. Yeah. From a design perspective, getting to different weights, right? We can make them heavy. We can make them light. We can do all these different things. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the biggest hurdles from where we are today to yeah. getting, let's say that that is technologically better across the board it yep. can do to you know composites can do to steel what steel did to wood yeah what are the couple three four biggest hurdles you see yeah for me i think there's two the two real main ones number ones you know i said it earlier that mentality thing you know when i even when i play with my friends at home and they're like they pull out and they go oh what are those yeah and like they're you know good golfers mid handicappers low handicappers and you go oh the, the graphite irons it why have you got them? You don't, why do you need them? Why, why yeah. aren't they for old people? <laughs> like a couple of guys that I play with are 70 years old and they go, surely like Russ would need those. And you go, well, no, like this is true. Like it's the same way mm -hmm. we're able to, you know. So perception. Put, yeah, I think perception's probably the biggest hurdle. A bit like the whole steel to wood thing, isn't it? Like we don't like the change thing. So I think, right. I think that will be 
the main one that we have to get over, getting people like out of that mindset of like, no, we can do what we've done with the driver shaft right. and do that in your iron and tailor it to you as well. So if you need a uh, an extra stiff one, but a little bit lighter, we I can think, do that. I know? think that's exactly, yeah. yeah. I think the two hurdles that I see too, that the last one you're kind of saying there is, yeah, you know, like I kind of picture, right? Like with iron shafts, you have all these different profiles, right? Yeah. Like I said, you played dynamic gold. You had the, that profile yeah. worked for yeah, you yeah. and you look on steel shafts and you know, whether it's Project X, now Project X, right? They have LZ, they got IO, they got LS, they got yeah. the standard Project X. So there's yeah. four profiles, just kind of uh, tweaks on that existing Project X profile. Then Nippon has all of theirs. Yeah. You know, Dynamic Gold obviously has all of theirs. So if I go to a fitting or if you were to help fit me for equipment, yeah, we would have a list of... yeah. 30 different steel shafts you could really dial me oh in, yeah you could yeah you could right? get tailored yeah yeah i think that's one but definitely. on the graphite side there just aren't that many no choices right now so no. it's like even you mentioned like fujikura like i have the 105s in yeah right now and you know i would like them to be i would love to 115 yeah you know yeah just you know and it, i yeah. think fujikura would say they know they have holes in there they came up 75 105 and 125 yeah um they know there's a 115 hole. Yeah. They know there's a, a 95 gram hole. And then that's one, more or less, it's one profile. Yeah. Right? But, you know, to me, I think you get to the point where, what if you had 75, 95, 105, 15, 25, and then let's say you had Axiom Black. Let's, yeah. Let's say this first one's Axiom Black. Yeah. Then there's Axiom Red. Yeah. Then there's blue. Axiom yeah. Blue. Yeah. And now you have five or six weights yeah you got 15 three or four different, different things profiles yeah. you can tip them yeah to maybe get in between yeah. certain things right and then it's like okay then it's the last hurdle for me which yeah, is i think there's a, a, like another one is this price as well isn't it you cost. know you, you look at cost and you go yeah i think nowadays obviously like over in the uk we've got like cost of living crisis um Life's expensive. You yeah, see exactly. my everything's though. just going like ding, 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 ding. You know, like driver used to be 250. Now it's 500. Right. Throw in a shaft like this, you throw in another 200 and you go, mm -hmm. oh my God, like I'm not as well. I'm a steel. I know what it does and it's only, you know, 90 bucks. Yeah, I'll have that. Well, and that's, um, a real, that's a real consideration for golfers. I'm going to buy mm. a new set of irons. I get fit. Let's say US, it's $1,200. Yeah. If I go fit, da, da, da. But if I want the shaft, and let's say it is something like an axiom that's going to be another 100 120 yeah now that 1200 dollars set of irons became 2000 yeah for it's a lot of dough for real people that's real money that's mm. yeah so especially when you've got you know and then they go well does it do anything different than steel no it's pretty much you know same you'll probably see over time you'll get right. you know a tiny bit more dispersion benefit you'll gain a little bit of speed right uh how much Oh, you know, uh, you know, we're talking fraction. Yeah, yeah. I'll something. just have the other ones. Right. So I think if you know the prost uh, the cost of um, production comes down and yeah. and things like that, I think you know, alluding to the question you asked earlier, when do we see it it coming that everyone's got composite in their in their set? I think we're ten years away, mm -hmm. somewhere around there, mm -hmm. where prices get right. Yep perception changes yep we have all the uh, the specs and then even like you say the getting the availability in fitters as well yeah um i think yeah would be somewhere around that mark yeah for it to all all kick in 
But I do think it will change. I think it I will too, I will. but I, I yeah. think that five, seven, ten years is mm. realistic. It'd be interesting to ask the manufacturers are probably three bullish. Yeah, yeah. they're probably saying, hey, you know, but yeah. I think to really get into the market and really yeah. be accepted across the board. Yeah. Like I said, it's the, it's the same thing where I'm looking at, okay, yeah, you get fit and, and yeah. okay, what's the upcharge for that one? Yeah. How much is this one? And maybe in your driver, you're like, okay, I'll do it because mm. it's one shaft. Yeah, I'll pay yeah. that another $150, $200, and whatever, take it out and one put it in another one. shaft as opposed to, okay, iron, boom, seven of them or eight of them, <laughs> yeah. right? Wedges, boom, there's another three, yeah. you know? Um, you know, does that does that kind of fit in there? So mm. who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I'd like to see it change. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, well, mm. stay tuned. Like we said, find us on the interwebs. People find us, follow us. We'll post uh, Matt's information on there as well. Check out his channel. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, and until next time, we out. Thank you.